0: Is the church the people or is it a building? Hi, I'm Mike Mason. This is the Saint Joseph Society Podcast. The Saint Joseph Society is a Catholic lay apostolate devoted to help men order all things to Christ as they grow strong in mind, body, and spirit. If you'd like to check out more about us, you can see us at stjosephsociety.org. This is episode 26, of the Saint Joseph boot camp. <clears throat> and this we this week, last week, we talked about what constitutes a liturgical life. This week, we're going to talk about what the church building is um father when you told me you wanted to talk about this i'm not gonna lie i have no idea what you want to talk about for the next few minutes <laughs> um i sent some questions over to uh father hoffman um to prepare for all this and my line to him on that one was i don't know what you want to do <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so i you're... just had some fun yeah that's right it'll be good well let me open with this just my just intuitive um i go to a church here in town that's really beautiful um and i know that's a blessing I've been at mass in churches that are not so beautiful, and like I can feel the difference. So, like I I imagine that's what you kind of want to get at—that that's important. I intuitively feel it, but if you ask me right now to explain why that matters, I'm not sure I could. And so, um, I know that when as we jump in, that's something I want to know—is like why? Why is that intuition correct if it is? Sure thing.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, let me uh, just start off with giving you an example of one of the most famous churches in the world is the chart cathedral in France. Hmm. And it's this huge massive cathedral just rises out of the countryside of the French farmland. And it's, it's strange because it's just in a little town. uh, And yet it's one of the greatest churches in the world. And the reason it's there is because it's built around a relic of the veil of the blessed Virgin Mary. So you go into the church and in the, back of go all the way through this cathedral mm-hmm. and then at the back there's this great gold reliquary it's about the size of you know like a a, a wind an ordinary window mm-hmm. with the the veil of the blessed mother apple wow yeah and so there was some story about the middle ages and the holy roman emperor and giving it to somebody and that's why they built the church there but in any case the point of that story is is that just looking at that cathedral feels cathartic you know it, if mm-hmm. there's a perfect symmetry and proportions and if you study the geometry that went into the design of the building it's like looking at a symphony Mm. uh but just in in a physical space and so there's a lot to do with with the relationship between numbers and geometry and even astronomy because the builders of the cathedral understood that the universe is in kind of like a, a hierarchical harmony and everything is connected to everything And the way that they built the cathedral is a reflection of that because they believed that the church is like the center of the universe. Mm. And so it's a microcosm of everything and the proportions between the different spires and the columns and the height of the ceiling and the width of the church, you know, all of that has to do with a representation of that. And unless you know geometry, which I don't, I'm not a numbers guy. So I just feel it when I look at it, Mm. but there is something there physically uh, mathematically that's the basis for that and there have been lots of books written on the subject chart cathedral in particular is famous for it Uh, but it gets to the deeper point that you're talking about that there is a way of making a church building that represents something that's symbolic and real at the same time and then there's a way of making a church building that doesn't Hmm. and um, the beautiful ones in some way kind of capture that reality and present it physically for us to see, and the ugly ones don't. And the the point of all of this, I'll just tip my hand early, is that the church building is Christ. And it relates to beauty because um, St. Thomas Aquinas says that the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, is the beauty of God. So he is God revealed to us. And beauty is uh, something that's, complete and integrated and clear uh, in the sense of like revealing what it is on the inside. And so when a church presents Christ as like the center of all things and the King and the Lord of all things in a physical way, which is why the medieval architects designed the Chart Cathedral in that way because like Mm -hmm. this is a physical representation of Christ as the center of all things, as the Lord of all things. Then you look at it like, wow, that's beautiful. You don't really know why, but that's why it's because there's a design to each of the pieces and each piece has its place. And that's what beauty is. And Jesus himself is beauty personified. It's mm-hmm. so like to make something beautiful is to make him present in a way.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful because uh, I teach in all boys school. And one of the things I tell the guys uh, in there, and this is, again, I can't unpack him remotely close to what you did, but that especially for men, beauty is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um because, and I love the fact that you laid that there's all this geometry and, and kind of theological background to this beauty, because I, what I love about that is it it joins together kind of this, my intuitions, my emotions, also with my intellect, to know yeah, that there is yeah. substance behind this, even though I didn't know it. Right, right. Um, that, man, that's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We could really talk cool forever stuff. about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't tell you all the details of the geometry, you mm. know, because I, I don't have all the numbers in front of me on yeah. the top of my head. but. Uh, All of the cathedrals do have that kind of intense uh, numbers, geometry, astronomy, all that going on, which is pretty, it's pretty cool. And um, then churches in America oftentimes are built in like a replica of, you know, some style that Mm -hmm. was designed in Europe, oftentimes in the Middle Ages. But uh, the, the bottom line is that the church should be beautiful because it should be a representation of Christ and he is beauty. And like you're saying, beauty is important for men. It should inspire us,
0: mm.
1: should make us want to fight. You know, like beauty yeah, yeah. should make us angry. Like I'm going to go conquer yeah. the evil of the world. Um, so that's what I, one of the things God gave us beauty for. So, yeah, like the church is a particular physical representation of God's presence among us. And if you, there's I'd like to go back to the very beginning of the Bible, if yeah, we can, that'd be, that'd um, be great. talk about Genesis, because the interesting thing about the creation story is that it mirrors the story of God's revelation of the tabernacle to Moses. So mm. the different days of creation and then the different instructions that God gives to Moses about how to build the tabernacle are parallel with each other. Mm. And the point there with the Jewish author of Genesis is that creation itself is supposed to be a temple. And then in particular, the Garden of Eden is supposed to be like the Holy of Holies within the temple. Because uh, let me pause for a second and talk about what holy means. Holy means something that's like separated and set apart. And uh, then the Holy of Holies is something that's separated and set apart within something that is separated and set apart. And so the the Holy of Holies was a room inside the temple which was set apart from the rest of the world. So the temple is holy, and then the holy of holies is the the holy place within the holy place. So anyway, God created the world to be a holy place, uh, mm. where he would come and dwell with us. Mm. And then the Garden of Eden was the holy of holies, where he put Adam and Eve to take care of it, to guard it, to protect it, and to cultivate it, and then he with them there
0: yeah walk in the cool evening with them right
1: yeah yeah. which is the time of sacrifice and of liturgy Mm. you know there's a lot going on there so then they mess it up they sin he expels them from there there's a lot to that because that's actually the means of their salvation but interestingly enough is that as sin become as sin increases god's presence with his people becomes more particular And so the story of salvation is the story of us trying to get away from God and God coming to us in more and more particular ways. And so first God comes to us in the earth and like he creates the earth to be holy. It's his temple. And then sin happens and we are, the earth is separated from God. We are separated from each other. So God enters in, in a more particular way that is a land and a people. Mm-hmm. And then that they go into slavery in Egypt Uh, they sin at the bottom of Mount Sinai, uh, with the golden calf. And so he creates a priestly people that's holy within his chosen people. So they have pulled back from him. He creates a more particular, Mm -hmm. and then within the, uh, chosen people, there's a more particular holy family within the holy, the, the line, the lineage of Aaron. Then within that, there are high priests. And then it becomes more and more and more particular over time until a particular person is born who is God. And that's Jesus Christ. So the point being is that God comes to his people in a particular and physical way. And the more we pull back from him, kind of like the more particular and physical he gets. And that relates to church because the church building is the particular manifestation of his presence among us. And so if you look at the liturgy by which a bishop blesses a church building, he actually consecrates it as Christ and it's kind of like a baptism that the building goes through. Hmm. Um, and so you'll see crosses on the walls where he anoints it with oil, which is the same oil that's used to anoint uh, the hands of priests or to anoint the heads of babies when they're baptized. And then a cool ceremony where he draws letters on the floor to symbolize the Alpha and the Omega and the al- alphabet. And those letters have different values of numbers, which uh, add up to the sum total of everything, which is Christ. So there's all kinds of cool wow. like mysteries going on. But it kind of addresses in a way the question that we began with like what is the church is it the building is it the people maybe the answer is both but i think it's easy today with our modern mindset to forget the importance of the building Mm. uh, because the building is a physical representation that is made holy of god's presence among us it is uh, a physical like sacramental of christ Mm. and so that's why it should be beauty beautiful because christ is beauty uh and in particular ways there are ways that that's represented. So if you study more about church architecture, and like I said, we don't have time to get into all the details, but the ways that the building, the proportions of the building, they all have those symbols that point to Christ. And the, the symbolism is a kind of essential symbolism that is what it symbolizes. Uh, so the altar usually is made of stone that symbolizes Christ who is the rock. Mm. Uh, and who is the priest and the sacrifice and the victim all at once? Uh, and so the different elements of the church building point to different aspects of the reality of God's presence with us. I think that's important to keep in mind as kind of a last word um, on this about the question should we be religious, but maybe not, or should we be spiritual, but not religious? Uh, and I think in order to really be re- spiritual, You also have to be religious. Like it, religion is a a word that means to be bound. And we have to be bound to things in order to really worship them and be truly spiritual. And part of that binding is having a physical place with physical people that we go to. Mm. And that's the church. And so the church building represents the church. It makes the church present. It's the presence of God manifested in a physical particular way for his people.
0: Well, I mean, my mind's... um swimming with the very close <laughs> questions <laughs> I want to ask you. Sure. So sure. Uh, let me go very practical. Mm-hmm. So we're um, recording this on Saturday. I'm going to mass tomorrow. Um, for all the guys who are going to mass on Sunday, when we approach the building, like what advice would you give us as we approach, maybe things to look for our attitude? Cause for me, for a lot of us, I have a lot of young children, you know, just just getting them there's an effort sometimes.
1: Sure, sure. And
0: then a lot of times it's easy to think like, well, once I get in there and sit down, then I'll start preparing for mass. But now that you're talking, I'm thinking my preparation to get to mass probably should start outside the building. Like mm-hmm. even as I approach it, we're walking up to as a family. I almost, you know, the building now takes on a new importance in my mind. Can you give us maybe some practical advice for the typical guy that as he's approaching the building and entering it? Things that you would tell him to look for, um, or um I don't know a yeah. uh, way to approach it so you can get the most out of it.
1: Sure. Sure. So there's a spire that's mm-hmm. usually pretty obvious and there's a point to that because it points us up to heaven. And um, one of the interesting things to think about is usually on the top of a Catholic church, there's one or two symbols or both um, a rooster, which is I kind, know kind of odd. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I hope you're going to elaborate on that. Yeah. Or uh, a, an empty cross. Hmm and then if you go inside the church you see a crucifix with jesus's body on it so that in and of itself is an empty oh uh, not an empty uh speaking of the cross so that's an interesting difference between the inside and the outside but the rooster or the crucifix is usually on a ball Mm -hmm. uh or the empty cross rather than the crucifix at the top of the spire so Mm -hmm. you see a, a ball and then an empty cross or a rooster and then inside the church there's The crucifix with jesus on the cross yeah so that you can look at as you're getting close to church and then also listen for the bells that should be the bells should be ringing those bells are blessed and exercised so the bishop when he blesses them gives them the power of casting out demons which is an interesting wow yeah and so like as you're approaching the church you're getting closer and closer to this like spiritual um generator so to speak This like spreading holiness out physically even by means of sound yeah. and that's an interesting thing because there's a lot of like new age ideas about the healing power of sound and that kind of thing and it, it actually there's some truth to it hmm. like sound is a good thing yeah uh, and by the blessing and consecration of these bells they're given a power of like driving evil away from their vicinity where you can hear them so as you're driving up to church maybe you hear the bells going yeah. depending on how early you are right, <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe you're there before the bells go off but um yeah so like you should be listening to that and thinking like okay this is like my call to prayer um you should be seeing the steeple as you get closer like okay i see the ball that symbolizes the world Hmm. and then the empty cross that symbolizes the power of the resurrection over the world okay um or the rooster which is a signal that announces the dawn oh yeah and so that's the connection with christ and then also the The name, the Latin word for rooster has a connection with the word for helmet, because it looks like a rooster is kind of wearing a helmet. And so the helmet is also like our faith that we put on our head to protect us. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So anyway, that's the idea of the rooster, the one that announces the dawn, the coming of the light. Uh, And so Christ is sometimes traditionally depicted as a rooster of of all things. You know, that's a little odd, but so that's on the top, like you can think about that as you're coming to church. Yeah. There's usually a ball and then an empty cross. Uh, to symbolize the power of the cross over the world or a rooster to symbolize the coming of the dawn and the light, yeah. the steeple that raises our minds to heaven. Um, and then, yeah, so you can think about that as you're coming to
0: church. See, this this is fascinating because I went on a tour. We, we live in Cincinnati um, and we have a rich German heritage here. And downtown with the older churches, there's crosses on top of the Catholic ones. And then the Protestant ones always had a, a finger, things like that. Mm. And when I was on this tour, the guy didn't know the theology behind it. He just said, well, that's how Germans who couldn't speak English could tell the difference between the Catholic and Protestant ones, Mm -hmm. which that actually that alone was helpful to me because then I always take note of that when I go to mass now. Um, but this even more just makes it way more rich. So I know, I know exactly what we'll be talking about on the way to church tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. You're um, welcome.
0: What about, um, when we enter the church? And I know this is difficult because we can't, it's hard to give advice when every, a lot of churches have different architecture and things like that, but do you have any advice when it, when we enter into the church? So this bells are getting rid of evil and demons are being scared away. The, um, Christ has conquered the world. So we're being invited into this great mystery. Um, Jesus is present. Right. In this in this uh, physical place, as we enter the doors, do you have any thoughts you want to share with the guys um, as they approach the the pew and to attend mass?
1: Yeah, sure. So typically there are steps that go up to church. Mm. Um, So even before you go in the door, you go up some steps and that is not just because they built the church on top of a hill. Uh, it's because it's raised up above the ground. And so it puts mm. you in a different like mind space. Mm. So that you should be thinking about going up, ascending up the steps. And oftentimes there are specific numbers of steps. And different churches will have different numbers of steps going up. But the numbers have different significance. So a lot of the times there are 10 steps, mm. 10 commandments. Uh, like you, follow, you get up to heaven by following the commandments, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and then the door itself is a symbol of Christ. And so like he is Mm -hmm. the, he says, I am the gate, right? I am the way. Yeah. So like going through the door, you can think about like Christ is the way to heaven. Yeah. And uh, he also says that the way is narrow and there are few who find it. Right. So be grateful as you're coming in, like you're passing through Christ to enter into paradise. And then uh, very importantly, usually by the doors of church, there's holy water. And so bless yourself with the holy water. That is a... A very ancient thing that goes back to Jewish liturgy and that's why also we'll talk about this I think in an upcoming episode why you should have holy water by the doors of your homes Mm -hmm. because uh, the Jewish people used to take water for washing from the temple and use that in their homes to wash themselves as part of the ritual purification and cleansing and that was a way of radiating the temple holiness out to the whole people so in the same way the holy water reminds us of our baptism It's a sacramental that drives away evil again and uh, gives us sanctifying grace when we use it uh, with the right intention. And so it's a way of making us holy as we enter the church buildings. We dip our fingers in, make the sign of the cross to remind us of our salvation. Um, And then hopefully we also have that back at home. So before you leave for church, dip your finger in the holy waters. you're going out the door. Bless yourself like we're on the way, we're on the journey. Then you get there and uh, you do it again as you come in to remind yourself of where you've arrived at. So those are and then you genuflect, you know, like has been one of the challenges in the past. Yes. So uh, acknowledge the presence of Christ as King and Lord. And so, yeah, those are those are some things to think about.
0: No, those are really helpful because, you know, I have uh, young children and these are all everything you just explained. We could talk about on the way down the mass and I could pass on to them, which is really mm-hmm. exciting. And it's also um, important, too, to know these things. It helps motivate me to be more reflective as I come in, because it's, it's easy in life just to go through the motions of things, sure. but kind of knowing that the significance of the water and the steps and the bells, um, the genuflecting, when you just slow down, even for two or three seconds, the amount of difference that makes. And I remember mm-hmm. to encourage the guys on here, I um, was reading um, a spiritual book once, and it just talked about how much our Lord just loves when we come visit him. Like even the smallest little things. Sure. We sure. tend to think it has to be these dramatic long prayer sessions and things but how much our lord just loves him when we approach him um even the little things so by taking those extra few seconds those that genuflecting with purpose it seems like just a small such a small thing but our lord just he absolutely loves it when we come to him like that
1: yeah absolutely Um,
0: and that's man i am not going to go to church the same ever again (laughs) thank you very much you're welcome um well guys i hope that was an encouragement to you um hope you picked up some things that'll help you get more out of uh, mass this weekend when you guys head in Uh, Pass this on to your uh, children if you have them. I'm sure they would just get a kick out of it as you guys drive down and learn a little bit about this. But next week, we're going to turn our attention to break down the mass. So now that we've talked about how to approach um, the mass and now that we've made it into our pews, so to speak, we're going to try to figure out what it is we're doing there.
1: Awesome. Sounds good. Looking forward to it.
0: Guys, uh, work hard this week to make mass a prayer. Give give our Lord your best. He's a loving father and he will uh, gratefully accept whatever we, his humble sons will give him. So God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.